0: When discovering your passion, you know, for fashion maybe a little bit later on in your life, how did you decide to pursue that once you understood, like, wow, it's fashion, it's something within fashion, Mm -hmm. maybe you didn't know if it was being a designer, if it was being a stylist. Did you have any idea of how to start in this field, or have any connections or someone that sort of like guided you, like, look, your talents are here, maybe start here, or, you know, any idea that you had before already of how to get there?
1: None. Uh, (laughs) Everybody goes through that. Me too, girl. Yeah. I was broke as <laughs> uh, so yeah. broke. Okay, like
0: there was. There's just no other term terminology yeah. to use for what I was at the time.
1: Because here's the situation: <laughs> when you are an assistant, you go from like you know starting assistant and becoming a very good assistant. You know when you start to when you decide to okay, now I'm ready to be a stylist. But then you go to like I'm a starting stylist. <laughs>
0: Welcome back, my creative beings, to another episode of the Envy series. My name is Maria Von Sauten, and I'm your curator in chief. I will be welcoming today, Juliana Jimenez, who's not only truly a dear friend of mine, but also a great mentor that I had throughout my career. She's from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and she's an iconic editorial and celebrity stylist, as well as the fashion editor at large for Elle Brazil. She has styled some amazing campaigns for brands like Fendi and Calvin Klein, as well as multiple covers, guys, for Vogue Magazine, Paper Magazine, and Elle Magazine, featuring iconic celebrities, such as Viola Davis. Juliana Jimenez. Hello. Welcome <laughs> to the MV Series. How are you? Thank you?
1: babe. I'm so excited to
0: be here. I am more excited that you accepted the invitation to be here today for you creative beings that mm. don't know this. Juliana was probably my first and only big mentor in this industry. When I had absolutely no idea what the hell I was doing to even enter, you know, the fashion world, uh, this girl completely opened every door I could have ever imagined for me. She taught me how to write emails to brands. She taught me, you know, how to start styling an outfit and it was truly life-changing. So this is an emotional episode for me, guys.
1: And it's so funny because I didn't have, like, I don't have as much of an idea of this. like it, It's not as big as what you say for me. For me, I just feel like I could have done more maybe when you tell me these things. so I, I, feel, I feel like well. you could
0: not have done more because as oh I, we were talking here before, guys, starting this episode, and I was telling her how difficult it was when I left her side, right, that she was putting me in all these events, help, I was assisting her, of course, and it was so difficult to ever find, and I probably never did, right, find someone like her. So whatever was so small for her and it was just an act of kindness here and there for me really changed my life, so thank you. You deserve you know, to, to be seen by everybody out there and, and the people like yourself is the people that I focus more on bringing to the show because they truly have inspired or touched my life or my work in some way. So without further ado, guys, I want to start asking all the burning questions to Ju here, right? So you guys can not only get to know her a little bit more, but get to know a little bit of what styling entails, right? And maybe a little bit to kill your curiosities about everything that really goes on behind the scenes, the crazy things that we live to get this amazing job done that we love to do so much, right?
1: Let's do it.
0: (laughs) So Ju... Can you start by describing exactly what your job as a stylist and as a fashion editor today in Elle entails or even is, right? Should we go with the joke
1: part? Yeah, let's let's
0: let's start with the joke. Let's start. No, we were
1: joking before talking about, so basically my, what my job is, is uh, sending emails. Hi, just checking on this request. <laughs> Asking again Hi. if
0: this close is going to come to me or not.
1: <laughs> I know, like kindly, you know, like circling back on this and um, making to-do lists and, you know, Never getting it done. Yes,
0: <laughs> absolutely. That is a huge part. Yeah.
1: yeah, we don't have this look, but, you know, we have look this, this and that, and you have to deal with that. And, uh, yeah, that's the life. No, but seriously, the um, what the job is, is basically we facilitate the process of, if it's a person getting somebody dressed, or right. if it's an editorial, that's where you get to be super creative, um, and you... I mean, there is the creative part. Yeah, but there's so much behind it. So much
0: logistics, right? That oh goes on God, behind to make so that job mo- happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like um, what I say sometimes to my assistant is that a, a fashion assistant they would be capable of changing the world because the thing that they get done... (laughs)
0: Absolutely. It's insane, right? Oh my
1: God, like the way that we have to think of like, uh, you know, this is not arriving in time. So we think of like all the possible situations like here geographically and logistically... Of how you could resolve if the look doesn't
0: arrive to you that you're expecting, right? For the client or for for the magazine, let's say. And just to explain to you guys a little bit of what you is talking about here is basically, you know, when when we do get a job, right? We get booked on a cover of a magazine or when we book to dress a celebrity you know you need to think of the brands right that you're gonna get basically for that person and then contact them via email usually
1: yes and then wait
0: for them to say okay yes i'm gonna give you this look or you were approved to 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 use the brand right these are the looks that you can get and when we say
1: email we're talking about like
0: hundreds yes exactly exactly so
1: many so many to get how many approved like
0: oh, oh my wow. god sometimes you need to email what like 50 60 brands to get yeah. 10 of them in the project if that if that right and what depending you... on like the, your ambition absolutely absolutely depending on your ambition yeah exactly and what would you say you know in terms of you know understanding that prep that you do in styling right for example how is that different from being a fashion editor for example what do you have to do in that title for L magazine?
1: um it makes it easier
0: yeah right yeah
1: it makes it easier uh also because the magazine has partnerships with the brand so that makes it easier to talking about this part of requesting and getting uh clothes um, the clothes uh you know approved getting that request approved and the the brand's actually sending you clothes it makes it easier because the brand has the the magazine has um partnership with the brand so they have an interest in you know having those clothes there having those clothes there which is easier
0: also i think it's important to explain right guys when you're dressing a celebrity uh, the brand obviously wants to, needs to want to be attached, right, yeah. to that celebrity. So it's a little bit harder for them to say, yes, I'm going to give you this clothes. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're doing a magazine, they know they're going to get, you know... Yeah. Uh, you already
1: have the name behind it, you already have the sponsors of the magazine. So they, they have interest in being there, It's it's easier well uh with a celebrity it needs to be you know like in in, in touch with the image of the brand exactly they need to ma- it needs to make sense exactly for right? the brand
0: to even want to address that person yeah. right so like
1: even about the the size of the celebrity and like how they big, big it they is are, but exactly. it needs to match
0: it needs to match exactly yeah. and that has happened to me many times where maybe i have a client that is more street for example yeah. and i want a more elegant brand that's more like super refined and then there may be like look we love the artist yeah. but it doesn't really match our aesthetic so that yeah. happens a lot whereas the magazine it's something more standard so it's easier for them to want that. And as a fashion editor, do you, you know, draw up the mood board for the whole team different than a stylist that you just receive that mood board, right? And you have to, to execute the vision.
1: Yes, yes. Um I mean we have the eye directors, right? That right. coordinate the, the the whole thing and sometimes they come with the mood board um, ready, kind of right. It's a very collaborative uh, process. Okay, uh, there could be something that came one hundred percent from me, an idea that I had, and then I go and I and I suggest that to the editor in chief, and they um they like it, they approve it, and we, we move on from that. But the eye director is the one that makes sure that everything is cohesive according to the language of the magazine as well. Of course, you know so. They, they help us with that, but it's very collaborative. It can come 100% from me, it can come from them, it can come from the photographer that had an idea. Of course. Uh, and also as a stylist as well, sometimes, uh, if it's not a commercial job, yeah. Uh, or even if it is a commercial job, sometimes they ask me for the styling mood board. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, nice. sometimes they send me like a general mood board so that I get the the idea, yeah. and then they ask me to create the styling One mood board. One just for it. styling. Yes, yeah got
0: it got it amazing that's incredible that's (laughs) incredible i actually i was thinking about that because a lot of the times for me for example working when i you know was focused on celebrities too uh, a lot of the times it was similar to what you're saying i had to receive a mood board from already the Uh director someone that created the treatment but sometimes like let's say it's a tour right i had to basically like help the client figure out what the theme is like what are we really trying to show the public with the clothes you have Mm -hmm. on, you know, and that even goes hand-in-hand with the set designer that's doing the set for the show. So, I think I, you know, when I kind of discuss a little bit, this is something that always, I think, intrigues a lot of our listeners and and myself personally as well, Mm -hmm. is when and how, right, personally to you, would you say you fell in love with clothes and with fashion? Was there something or someone that influenced or inspired you to want to be a stylist or to want to be in this Mm -hmm. world?
1: So, not not a person specifically, but um, my parents had a store of um, like miscellaneous in the um, oh. like uh, like a uh, clothing business, but it wasn't clothing. It's like the things to make the clothes, mm. threads, buttons, like all of that. And I would get the the sample book of the you know with like the little pieces of fabric, and yeah. I would like do like I would make clothes for my dolls. <laughs> oh no
0: way! So you were already yeah. super into it.
1: And that was like with like everything manual, like uh, like making jewelry, like uh, as as like a jewelry, like a, as kids, you know, right? With making little bracelets and, yes. and beads, of course. And uh, and painting and drawing and uh, all this stuff. I was very always, always, always very like creative and artistic and like, to. Into- like do things i love those like uh school projects that you like burn something like burn the the crayon yeah you know like that absolutely kind
0: of absolutely i remember one time i even had to like burn this paper to, to make it look old like if it was like a document from the yes, 1800s so. or something oh my god
1: and making treasure maps yes
0: <laughs> yes. so i know and, and that says a lot you know i'm really into jay Shaddy recently mm-hmm. uh for you guys that don't know he's obviously like a, a life coach he he studied with the monks and he really helps people to find their purpose And it was funny because, you know, he talks a lot about passion Mm. and he says passion is like a really grown up word, right? That you really get when you're older. But like when you really understand where your passion is, is when you go back to when you were a kid and you see what were you curious about? Mm. What really could you do for hours and hours, right? Explain that explains so it, much. That exp- <laughs> and this is my whole point. I think that this really ties in with your your childhood, and of course, you didn't have the opportunity to style someone at that age. But I didn't even you know know what clearly lost, were like, already you're a very busy person. You're always moving around. You're always doing things with your hands, and and you know, we are like touching the clothes and feeling if it's appropriate for the shot. And I think probably that's where it all started for you.
1: I think so. Like, I feel like there's two kinds of people. Not because they don't, um, you cannot be both, but because you get so, when you are a creative person, it's so intense. Yeah, exactly. We're too intense for our own good. So, uh, it's like this, like everything, like up until today, like I love, this is my, the way that I relax. It's like doing like manual stuff.
0: And the craziest
1: things, like, and they're not good. That's the you know that's yeah the thing. it's not like this was yeah. your main purpose they but don't it's have something to be that, good. It's just how you exercise your creative brain, you know. Wow, that like, says
0: a lot. And I think
1: even you know telling our, our,
0: our listeners back home that like even the smallest things that you have as a hobby or that you have that you like really take you to maybe the job that you're gonna have at some point inspires
1: you for that
0: exactly. And I remember even when I was assisting you how you love to like put the looks together and you would touch everything and put the earring with the thing and you Mm -hmm. know it was all very handsy for you. You taught me a lot how to do that and how to do a great styling you know and I it was very proactive on your end. It was always like touching the clothes, making sure that fabric was matching with the fabric for on to the top. The
1: quality, I respect so much quality. This
0: takes me, you know, to my next question, talking about your initial, you know, passion for creativity and and for doing these things with your hands. You know, I think when discovering your passion, you know, for fashion, maybe a little bit later on in your life how did you decide to pursue that once you understood like wow it's fashion it's something within fashion Mm -hmm. maybe you didn't know if it was being a designer if it was being a stylist did you have any idea of how to start in this field or have any connections or someone that sort of like guided you like look your talents are here maybe start here or you know any idea that you had before already of how to get there?
1: None. uh i always compare like how it is for somebody like growing up if you want to be if you tell your parents are gonna be a doctor uh how it is like what's the difference like if you tell your parents at, when you're five years old they're gonna be a doctor by the time that you're 12 you know all the type of you know doctor that you could be all the different you know areas that you can follow in fashion like phew, you know, you think, okay, she's going to go to fashion school, that's it. And I did. I went to fashion school just to learn that there was like, nothing that I wanted. Like, nothing. Wow. Um, it's uh, it's completely different than what we do. Like, I cannot draw. I cannot draw for like... You right, know, you're like, not a sketcher. Me neither, like, by the
0: oh. way. Me neither. Me neither. I'm not a huge <laughs> sketcher. And that's when I think the confusion lies, right? When you're started in fashion. It's like, okay, I cannot be a designer.
1: Yeah, I cannot sew. My God, I can't. I don't have the patience. So important. It's so long, the process. It's insane. It's so crazy. Yeah. And then how do you think... So so you started going to school,
0: right? So you went to school. I know you went to FIT as well.
1: Yeah, I went to business school first in Brazil, back in Brazil. Then I went to uh, the two years... was so unhappy, got out of it. Wow. <laughs> then I went to uh, Santa Marcelina, which right, is uh, it's the best Paulo. fashion school in Brazil. Yeah, um I think it's still the best. Right yeah, now? it's still
0: the best till this day. Um
1: yeah, and the, that's where I learned that okay, that's not it. And then I did uh, okay, here's where 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 I learned. Um I went to the Escola Sao Paulo. Yes, um, okay. I did a course for um it was a fashion production
0: which Ooh. is basically like
1: uh, learning how to assist but I can, at at a high level of assisting yeah, that's yeah. you know uh, the first assistant that actually like a lot yeah they have a lot of expertise uh, I went for a course doing that with Giovanni Frasson oh wow yeah nice. which back then was the director of Vogue that's incredible Vogue. yeah and that's where I learned about how, you know what it is to be a stylist and that's when I realized that, okay, that's what I want to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and wow. it was very hands-on, it was like very interesting. I think it was the best course I've ever done. Yeah, and I think it's it's very
0: rare that these courses are even available, right? Yeah. So I'm pretty shocked that they had this in Brazil th- yeah. at that time, and mm-hmm. how amazing that this Vogue you know, director really put himself out there to to make us understand because for me it was also like a trial and error process Mm -hmm. until I understood that I could be a stylist and I was like wow so I think it was similar to you
1: and I went to FIT New York and this one was way better
0: oh wow way better
1: yeah so even that you see so sometimes
0: it's not even necessarily the school that it needs to be the best but it's Mm -hmm. like the right course for you that really sparks that interest within you and why did you come to New York just curiosity I came,
1: I came once here because of an ex-boyfriend oh
0: i remember that that's how we met <laughs> yes. actually guys i had to completely <laughs> forgot because today i'm obviously so much closer to yeah. her but i completely forgot that's about true. this that's, that's why, juice yeah. juice in the envy <laughs> series oh my god. yeah
1: i came here because he was going to boston right so i wanted to be you know close by but I didn't know what to do in Boston. Right, so. there was nothing for yeah. you
0: much in styling there. For sure, New York yeah. is much bigger for that. Yeah. Wow, so that's how you ended up.
1: Yeah, so I here. came, like, uh, that's why I got the FIT course yeah. and stayed a month in New York. And I decided that I was never going to leave. And
0: that's how it all started for you. What a magic. Yeah, you've in always been a New Yorker since you've been in the oh States. God, for I sure. i in
1: love like, completely with the city, is amazing. I was
0: actually impressed the amount of the way you styled here during the winter the cold weather like that was something because i was always Uh. in miami i did travel of course a lot for work and to do you know even here in new york that we did a lot of covers for magazines after you know i was already more of a hat stylist but i always like was so shocked how seamlessly you guys worked and how hard Mm -hmm. it was because you know sometimes we think like oh yeah you just take up some clothes but like you know how much clothes you need to prepare for a shoot Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember her other assistants, like, I had the easy job with you, because like, I was writing the emails, I was like, talking to the brands, right, to get her the clothes, oh, they but they then the other girls, I was like, God bless these girls, because they were literally in the freaking metro, like, yeah, in the freaking subway. with like, subway. tons of clothes. And- Even with, like, whole suitcases, I remember, yeah, they would yeah. arrive and like, a <gasps> lot of breath. And the
1: part is when they give you, like, the bags, so you're like, walking around with all the Prada, like Gucci bags. And what if the bag <laughs>
0: explodes sometimes, like, it falls, oh, right, God, and then you cannot, Carry that in your hands oh anymore. My
1: God. So, yeah. so
0: admire your hustle and your team's hustle so much. When I watch you guys at work, it was truly. I did that
1: for two years. For two years, like the whole like uh, interning thing, like picking up, dropping off, like up to the point where like I couldn't feel my arms anymore. I was like. Oh, come
0: yeah and people think it's so glamorous what oh, we do no. sometimes right but then you
1: realize like i don't know who told this lie we i don't should, know <laughs> we should like just this like it's not glamorous like the product is glamorous like our job is is not i mean other than fashion week fashion week other than fashion week yeah, right
0: and i remember you know something i thought was so interesting and the reason why i'm gonna mention this is because it's something i hope that a lot of more bosses stylists do I remember Jules, guys, when I was assisting her, she would have so many shows during Fashion Week, right? She was already working a lot here. And I remember she couldn't make it to all of them. And she would let some of her assistants, like the ones that were doing the best job, attend the shows for her. I love and that part. That's a once in a kind of opportunity that as an assistant, you don't get to do. So I really hope, guys, that for whoever of you are stylists or are going to become stylists yes. and bosses one day, that he really listened to this experience I had with you because it was something that I had never seen before. None of my other bosses would never allow this opportunity for me. And she was the first person that did. And I was just shocked. I was like, this is how I wanna run my team one day. And I felt like I was so much kinder to my team and so much more considerate to them once I saw her working. (laughs) So I think that's so, so, so important. And I think, you know, talking already, we already explained a little bit how your day-to-day goes when you're styling. But do you remember, uh, you know, back in the day, what was your first big opportunity as a head stylist? Like, the first time you signed a cover of a magazine or you dressed yourself as a celebrity, and how did that happen for you? How did you get that opportunity?
1: So, it was because of Suzana.
0: Suzana, which is, yes. guys, um, The editor-in-chief yeah. of Elle, <laughs>
1: Brazil. Um, she, she's a very nice and kind person. Like, so she, she sees, if she sees the talent in you, She's gonna want to reward you for that. You know, like that's, I think, is like a, a great quality to have as a boss. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna talk about one specifically. Please, yeah. But um, I've, I've done a few shoots with them as a, as assistant. Right. And she saw me, you know, like giving my blood and, you know, and tears and the job and everything. And she started like giving me more space. And there is one cover specifically that we did. Uh, I did with Will Vendramini, a photographer. Yes, like he's yes. amazing. He's big, yeah. yeah. And um, the theme of the um, of the issue was um, affecto. Oh, like affection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, affection. Mm-hmm. But it's. A, I feel like in Portuguese it has a more like warm, like, like endearing
0: a, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like a feeling that they try yeah. to describe. It's right? almost
1: like love, but not not exactly love. Right, not right. Necessarily love. Let's yeah, say. it's almost it's like, like a term, guys. Like caring. Yeah, of
0: endearment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly.
1: So we we chose to do with two girls that. Um, they match well. They look good together. The clothes are like really nice with like a lot of like shades of like pink and yellow and orange. Like everything was like very whimsical. Right. And uh, and we had so much fun doing it. It was like so relaxing. Like Will has a way of um, the way that he that he photographs is like making people very comfortable, and he makes like stupid jokes, and everybody laughs. They're almost like and
0: therapists, <laughs> right? Like they need to get you to that mindset to do yeah, good pictures. Yeah,
1: it's his way of doing because he likes a natural way of you know the the spontaneous and all that so uh we did that it was like so nice so fun um you know it looked very very beautiful and uh it was supposed to be just an inside story editorial but they made it a cover because they liked it so much yeah one of the pictures which was um the two of them in the beach and one was like laying like this like the face here and the other one with the the face here and they were laughing And uh, this got viral. It went everywhere. Like really uh, well. I think I remember Uh, this. Actually, yes, yes, I am. It's, It's gorgeous. It's so cute. It was just you know showing love and you could see that you could like you know pass that so i think that's my the cover that i fell i don't even remember if it was the first cover or not but it's the one that i remember as my like being your first
0: big cover like in your career yeah
1: because of the thing that i mentioned of opportunity because i feel like we did it so well and when you do something so well so passionate when you like you love it so much it's natural that everybody else is gonna love it you know It, it is so true because i think passion really transpires to like
0: getting you oh, to where you need oh to be God, it right hurts. yeah it's like 80 percent of the work like if you have that passion and you really put everything mm-hmm. forward you will get there and i thought i thought it was important too that you mentioned how you got that through assisting before yeah. right and that i think people need to be open to with you know, there's not much experience there yet mm-hmm. to assist to really go through that process. Yeah and you see you persisted and one day thankfully you had Susanna yeah. and mm-hmm. she was saw that talent in you and gave you this opportunity yeah. which is so special.
1: Yeah. Because I've had other opportunities before that Uh, people didn't give much space you know so that happens like it's not like this you know you have to keep trying wait for the the right moment the right person maybe when you're ready as well exactly you know maybe like i wasn't ready way back in the beginning we don't know but it's a mix of everything when everything gets together it happens but you need to be ready for that i know right you do and to be put in
0: that position
1: to like take charge
0: of the whole styling yourself right and i think probably after all the experience you initially had you finally Mm -hmm. felt that was ready and maybe even through Will because it seems like he's very authentic and very like natural that it made you feel comfortable enough to give it your all as well and play with that authenticity right?
1: That's something interesting to mention as well I feel like I really uh, only started actually growing in my career when I started to feel comfortable with the people that I worked with like to have you know, like nice people around it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I started on the very like harsh you I know, remember like you had some bosses that I remember yes. you were like, wow,
0: like this was unnecessary to tell me this or oh it wasn't necessary uh, to put yes. me in the situation. I remember so a story when you we were having coffee the first time I came mm. to ask you for an opportunity and you're like, No, I'm so glad to have you because you know when I started, I interned or assisted a few big, big stylists here yeah. in the city that maybe weren't so kind to you, and I yeah. think that's why you became so kind as a boss.
1: Yeah, it was. It was 100% because of that. Because of that. Um, I saw all of that, I saw how much I learned with them, because I did, that's how it was like really intense, and that's how I learned everything that I know, and I've had like amazing opportunities, like you know, Covers and Campbell, like uh, Azelia Banks, um, so many. Like, Huge so opportunities, many, yeah, yeah. So many days in Confused. Covers, like all the cool magazines like I've done like all of them in, in that beginning um, and and uh, and I saw that okay I, I'm learning so much from this but it maybe even took me way longer because nobody was teaching me anything so I just had to learn by observing so um but then i realized that okay like I, I can do this in a nice way like i love what i do why am i not gonna you know share this with Absolutely. my team that you know i want to be like in a nice set environment with people happy having fun i can teach them of course i cannot you know like i'm working so i cannot like wait like let's waste that much time on teaching but if you do it well like uh once you don't have to repeat it that's it, so it's kind of smart, you know, to Absolutely,
0: do that. It's Absolutely. a fair trade,
1: you know, they're giving me their time and I am giving them my knowledge. And that's how you learn in the business because like, as I said, you know, the, the course, there's no college for that.
0: Yeah, that was the same experience I had. It was yeah. through learning the first experience before you wasn't so nice for me either in terms of like how they taught me because nobody was teaching me anything mm. either. They just expected me to do and produce. And I think it makes so much sense what you just said that styling you know for those of you that want to pursue this 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 career it's something that for sure you know understanding my path understanding your path as my mentor like it's definitely a lot through experience right yeah. so so i think it says a lot and you talking so much about this beautiful experience we you had with ellen you still do because you still work with them today obviously yes. so much right i remember that at some time that i that i talked to you or came to see you i don't remember exactly what it was You were telling me how shocked you were because Elle, for a while, had to shut down the business, right? And they weren't functioning for a while and they had an amazing comeback. Um, That moment for you, how was that experience right, for you and how did that impact your work at the time? Because I know you were mostly working through them.
1: Yeah, so uh, for me it wasn't that much. It was very hard to see my friends, the ones that were actually like, you know, uh, um, like uh, a full-time there yeah, in Brazil. Um, and for them, it was like like this. Like there was no, you know, previous notice, anything. It was out of the blue. Um, and it was, was it a little bit before the pandemic? I, I think. think it was. Yeah. It was very like, um, like close to the, that time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so in the end, it didn't affect that much because the pandemic had, was already affecting, you know, your work, so, of course. Yes. So it, they, they all came together. And then uh, when Susanna restarted, it came like better than ever. Wow! Because it was, it's a little bit more independent, you know. Now they they were they managed to do the format. Oh, you know, because nice. like L is a coffee table book. It's gorgeous. It's it's huge. The format and uh, the paper is like thick and good quality, and they don't have all the. It's almost like a fashion print. book, literally. It is. It oh, is. Wow. Yeah. It's it's beautiful, and. Um, so we have so much more freedom and we do like so many great things you know like the viola. oh my god we're alive. gonna get to that we're gonna get to that we're
0: gonna get to that absolutely so it's interesting to see how, how, sometimes how you know people have their current jobs in the magazine right but then yeah. this shutting down i'm sure it was a shock for you and the whole team in covid we all as stylists had to take a break right yeah. guys because our job is very physical is one-on-one with either the celebrity the client the models the photographers mm-hmm. so I'm sure you know worldwide any creative that was working on this projects got very much affected yeah. by that but it is so such a happy story to know that you know they came back stronger than ever and were they able to hire the same people besides you like yeah, the
1: whole team the same that's team. incredible that was amazing you doing that as well because she she got everybody that uh worked for her work. yeah
0: yeah. Back in the game,
1: mostly everybody. I'm gonna say because she had to make to make it smaller, of course. So, yeah. but um, all the the key people were there.
0: Props to Susanna yeah. for being Up such today. such a great leader, you know. Yeah. Because I think it's all about the people you trust and, and and having them be raised as professionals, right? I was seeing also the other day uh, the stat talk by the owner of Chobani, the the mm. yogurt. And he was saying how he purchased, uh, you know, this factory basically, which was like a, a abandoned yogurt factory that used to produce like all these milk products, and they were giving up on the team because they didn't have the money to pursue it anymore. He bought the place, and he hired everybody back, and they were bigger than ever before so it's kind yeah. of like it reminds me of the Susanna story she's a yeah. great leader to say the least understanding this because she believes in the talent of her people yeah and she doesn't give up on that just because mm-hmm. they had a stepping stone and had to close for a while yeah so that's really really beautiful and i would love to take it now to you to mm-hmm. juliana <laughs> how does your creative process work where do you draw inspiration from i know in this modern day and age people do mood boards they do different things but everybody gets inspiration yeah. from a different you know a different area i used to like like to take strolls and kind of think about you know where my inspiration oh, I was love coming that. from yeah i do that you too. know listen Just to like music
1: going around especially when i'm traveling you know like in paris and the scene you know it like gives you concert. like inspiration right <laughs> yeah so much uh it's so much from the people like seeing how people are dressing in the streets and all that because that's where the real you know like trends begin even not what they're wearing in the sense of what already fell down to what they're wearing, but like the personality, you know, people with personality that are not following trends, they are the ones who unconsciously are creating the trend somehow. Wow, absolutely. You know, it's kind of like a loop. Yeah. Um, But um, it can come from anywhere, like this, you know, the strolls around the city, like looking, observing, all of that. But um, to exemplify here, there was one photo shoot that I did for Vogue Italia that I was at a fair, and I saw this stand that were selling old photographs. Oh. And they had like boxes of like many photographs, obviously from like different cameras, especially back then because the cameras were, depending on the camera that you used, it would print differently. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, all these like different shapes and forms and, and, you know, filters and colors because of the film. And I found some from like these um, birthday parties. But from like um, eighty year old people? No way! No way! <laughs> and they were specifically that one that I found um, later on. If, if like uh, you guys want to like uh, look for it uh, on Pinterest, there's a bunch because after I found that one, I started like researching. So I went on Pinterest and I found a bunch more, and. Um, and it was like so cute because they had all the birthday, birthday cats, hats, the cones, yes, yes, and they were drinking so much, <laughs> like you know, like blowing candles and all of this, so I did a whole like research on that, and we did a photo shoot based on that, but for me, the, since the amazing thing was the fact that, not only the, the theme of the, you know, the eight years old, like with the birthday hats, but also um, the fact of the different cameras and films, so we did a whole editorial, like I uh, was like maybe fifteen images. All with the, that was Pedro Arieta, yes, the photographer. Yes, yes. He managed to get many different kinds of cameras.
0: That's incredible.
1: Vintage as well. Uh, so we had all this. So the editorial, which as you know, it's usually like one. Um, we usually like uh, go with like one type of light, one type of. We have to like you know set the the mood. So we we. Establish um, a line, yes. right, for this. So we usually don't change the light, rarely, right? Because it's difficult, even it takes more time when you have to change the yes. whole setup, right? That's true. That's true. And uh, so we decided to do it specifically like this. So every picture had a different. Um, a different camera, a different um, film, a different That's uh, set of lighting. Absolutely
0: incredible! Yeah. That's amazing. To make it look like this,
1: to make it look like they're different photographs from you know? different types of yeah. cameras and situations. We have got a very uh, diverse casting from, like you know, different ages, different like you know, uh, ethnicities, uh, to look very like random. You know, the party and just like the random. pictures you saw
0: almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. It was
1: very much trying to follow that mood and uh, it looked very fun like they were like doing unexpected things and it looked weird and it makes you like stare at them and be like what are they like who are these people like you don't know exactly what they're doing there it's a really, is a really interesting one I love that that one
0: that's an amazing example of how to get inspiration yeah. I think sometimes we don't look in the most obvious places, yeah. but like there's so much inspiration from the past in little fairs, like you said, you can yeah. walk through in New York, there's so many going on. Oh yeah. Of like vintage stuff, so it really is so inspirational to hear that you were like literally in a fair in the middle of nowhere and like, oh, I saw these pictures of some 80 year olds like celebrating their birthday with a little birthday yeah. cone on their head, you know? And that's where my idea came from, so I think it's so important for people to understand that inspiration really is within you and anywhere you walk, anywhere yeah. you are you can draw something incredible from that. And that's really what defines a true artist to me. It's finding inspiration anywhere you go and in your own world and bring something innovative.
1: Yeah. And you can look at Pinterest, of course. Yeah. You know, it's just that I feel like Pinterest is more of a tool to reinforce that idea that you had, You know, more than like a, a source of inspiration. Like I have tons of books as well, because the thing is that, I don't know how the process works um, for Pinterest, but I like the images that I have on my books, I never saw. On Pinterest, oh, and we keep on running incredible. into the same images. Yeah. So I think that they probably have some kind of like copyright or something. You probably know, So they cannot right. go like probably. So um, I look at my books. I have like I usually the first idea comes from my books when I'm like uh, let's say I didn't have one specific uh, inspiration and I want to like get inspired. I go at my books first, and then I use Pinterest to you know help me like uh, shape up that uh, that idea. And sometimes I have. Um, something my mind specific and i cannot come up with that i cannot find an image that will you know like uh you know show that that would like a
0: that will translate what you're thinking right yes
1: so recently I've started working with AI to create that image.
0: Wow, look, modern times, guys, 2023. You <laughs> had to
1: use all the tools, you know, <laughs> like all of them, from absolutely. the vintage cameras to the AI. So you can say
0: like, put a flying dog in a spaceship and it will create that's that image it. For you. So yeah. it helps
1: you explain to the team exactly. what is in your head
0: when you don't find the image for it.
1: Exactly, that's it.
0: That's absolutely genius, guys. Yeah. I think that's a modern way of being able to translate whatever you want to the team and yeah. be able to have them it with their two eyes
1: what I did recently was I wanted um, like a a model to look very uh, futuristic Mm -hmm. uh, wearing something like Mugler and I I asked that to be paired with the the car from back to the future
0: oh my god I love that yes of course of
1: course and it's amazing what they give you because they go beyond because like that's like that's the way that like I found words to put what I had in mind, but actually my mind was like something else. But then the AI not only like kind of like shows, shows you like, kind of what you have in your mind, but also it goes beyond because it keeps giving you ideas. You so, know? It so it gives it you even more, more. ideas, yeah. like yeah. on top
0: of what you already thought yeah. of. That's incredible yeah. guys. I think so many good tips here of how you can get inspired <laughs> for whatever it is that you're doing, you're yeah. a photographer, you're a director, you're a stylist, whatever it is that you want to do, you're a hairstylist, you're a beauty artist. You know, there's so many different ways here that you just explained that you can draw your inspirations from for any future projects that you are trying to do. And you know, to answer some curiosities that we've been seeing out there as well is, you know, maybe someone that is just curious to know in general how this works or someone that wants to get into styling and understand or even wants to be another creative behind the scenes and understand a little bit what the work of the stylist looks like, right? How long would you say does it take to prepare and execute the styling, let's say, for a cover of a magazine, for example, and why does it take that time?
1: <laughs> because you know already right? then it takes yep, long, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Guys, I think it's like a I month, just wanna right? hear from my from my mentor here. Oh my god. If it's in a I would say a month. It is a long easy, right? Time. Like not a little bit like three weeks. That later. sounds like Depends a good time. Depends on, yeah. on the editorial, right? Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's, you know. It's smaller and you yeah, can do it faster. Yeah. Because yeah. um, the thing is that, first of all, you start with, from the idea that we are just talking about. Mm-hmm. You start, you know, developing that and since you're not doing anything alone, you, you know, you like share that with the team, see what they, f- they think. You start collaborating until you decide on a mood board and then each person from the team um, collaborates with that mood board to achieve the one cohesive uh, Look product. that you're looking for, yeah. Yes and once you have that you start here's our you know part <laughs> of you start requesting the clothes for the designers which that's the the job of the the stylist that you ask uh specific brands in that case that you know uh, matches your your mood board what you're going for uh you research a lot because yes, that's do. the magic of it because you know everybody knows gucci prada balenciaga Chanel but what about the to, other brands yes yeah, so you need to you know research I love new and upcoming designers like I I'm obsessed with them I do them. too yeah it was my they, favorite part actually. yeah cuz they are so creative you know the things for Vogue Italia that I that I used to do it was on the talents part so uh, the editors had a she used to uh, ask us for uh, come up like for new designers so I actually ended up working with uh, the article on their first collection. That's crazy. article guys, which area Aria. that everybody's Aria.
0: going crazy over today.
1: Yeah. on their first collection. So you were like one of
0: the first to like find them out, yes. basically. yeah, wow, because I needed Ju, to, that's because huge. of this
1: editorial, because they were asking me for that. So I was researching and I all the new... Uh, upcoming designers of new york back then like i i was working with all of them that's huge yeah
0: wow yeah, that's incredible to know you yeah. see
1: when of first one of the first
0: people to to discover area here yeah. in the article which are huge brands and today, today
1: if you try to
0: request aria <laughs> it's a lot it's very different right way more difficult they're in demand yeah. They're yeah. In demand
1: and then I mean, once you
0: get that let's say you you, you start. Sending these emails, right? Yeah.
1: Then that's where the whole logistics part, you know, keeping in uh, status, they have to be extremely organized mm-hmm. because not only you're dealing with like a hundred pieces of a puzzle, but also they are like a million dollar pieces of puzzle. Yes, it's so scary. <laughs> and fragile. It's so scary. So you have to be very uh, organized. Mm-hmm. You have to be very detail oriented. You have to be extremely um, um, careful with yeah. everything because um, you
0: need to return once you get the clothes right you confirm they're like you can't pull yes you choose what you want they say yes no yes no they send and then it's basically Jou's responsibility yeah. right
1: yeah 100%. to take care yeah and return that yeah even if my uh my team maybe like you know fucked up yeah <laughs> that's
0: the right word uh,
1: <laughs> it's too on me yeah. you know it's so, your name on the door yes yeah, so we have to be very, very careful with everything. We're very, you um, know, with everything. We take pictures of the check-in, which is, you know, when the pieces arrive, we take pictures of the checkout when the pieces are leaving. I need to keep track of everything. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's where it gets crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. where like fun stops. Stops, and- <laughs> because you're fun
0: building the looks and doing the show but then when yes. you have to return, you're like, why did I get so much clothes that oh I didn't even Yes.
1: And now yes, I have to yes, return
0: yes. all of this yes. back to its owner, Because obviously. here's the
1: thing, because we never know. We always get extra because we never mm-hmm. know how many are going to actually get confirmed. So you need to be safe. So sometimes uh, you get a lot It's like, oh my God, I didn't need that much. But you didn't know that you're going to get that much. So you need to be... You know? I was
0: always the exaggerated one, I must say. Because, you know, my panic was always <laughs> to like not have enough product to work yeah. with. So you rather go crazy. Yeah. But then after, you know, not always my way was the best way because then you know, you get in trouble with some of the brands because you're like, why didn't you wear this?
1: Yes, oh my God, that's so hard. (laughs) Uh, That's so hard.
0: Sometimes I'm like,
1: because we literally didn't have the time. Yeah, literally,
0: there's not enough looks to shoot with this. And sometimes the piece didn't fit the model correctly, even when we clip mm -hmm. it or when
1: we, you know... Or they just, like, in the end, doesn't they don't work out with the... The, the story yes, that you're happens planning. happens as well, which doesn't mean that, you know, initially they didn't. It's just that sometimes the story takes a certain direction that doesn't match anymore. Exactly. So that happens too.
0: So there you go, guys. It's, yeah. it's a long process. It's not personal. Process. Yeah, it's not personal. It never is. It it's never not. is. We always try our hardest, I think, as <laughs> stylists, especially because it's your relationship, right? Yeah. With the brand to use yeah. their product. But sometimes, unfortunately... You can't make it all work so that's fully true and you i think you know saying that remembering you saying how you're always sort of a freelancer obviously you work with al you work with all these beautiful magazines with these beautiful celebrities and stories but you are your own company and your own person right so i feel like a lot of freelancers even myself i had a really hard time with this uh you know we have a hard time putting a price to our work Mm -hmm. and to what we're doing to the client and with that in mind was it difficult for you to put a price in your work and start charging clients, like mm-hmm. creating invoices? How was, how was that for yeah,
1: you? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody goes through that up until today because now, like, in Brazil, I have my agent, so she's the one that knows it, you know? But if somebody would ask me, like, I wouldn't exactly know how to price it, especially when it's too big. You know, because like, you know that this is going to be expensive. but Like, can I charge this much? You know, you're worried to like lose the client yeah. if you charge too much. But yeah. then you also need to make money and cover your expenses. Exactly. Yeah. It's, so it's it's always tricky. It needs to be um, well thought. Um, what helps is always, you know, having friends in the business mm-hmm. that you can ask. That's so a great tip. Have, yeah. So they're going to, you know, have some kind of an experience of that. So if you feel comfortable asking that friend, that's kind of like the best way. Um, Other than that, I would say that um, I would rather, especially for starting, I would rather charge less and have that experience than charging too much and losing that possibility. So uh, in the beginning, I would say that because it's going to happen for you that eventually, you know, you're going to have an agent and the agent is going to know they're the professionals at pricing. So they're going to know that. Uh, but in the beginning, you need to gather as many experiences as, as you need. Just make sure that you know you're covering your expenses, mm-hmm. so you're not you know paying for that. But uh, yeah, do like you know the math of what you're gonna spend. Like uh, try to price something that is worth your time fairly, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna arrive to an amount that it's not gonna be crazy. Exactly, this world, like it's this. gonna cover
0: you, but also make sure that the yeah. client is okay with that. Yeah. I think that's an amazing tip and an amazing way to yeah. get started
1: yeah in
0: charging your clients once you you know you start on the field yeah. i think that's awesome the math adds up you're exactly not gonna fall too,
1: you're not gonna fall too far from because it the itself. worst
0: time is when and i'm i'm not sure if you've ever dealt with that but i definitely did at the beginning you know I was so so cautious like but I didn't know how to balance like you just mm-hmm. said, like okay let me make sure I just cover my expenses at least Ooh,
1: you paid And so pocket. I
0: <laughs> had a lot of you know we to a point where like I was broke you know I was literally Oof. broke um. for like the first year I went freelance when I wasn't working in the company I was anymore until I found people in the industry like you just said was and was even the you, manager when you stopped I had
1: assisting and started to oh but everybody goes through that me too, girl. Yeah. I was broke as <laughs> uh, so yeah. broke. Okay, like there was, There's just no other term terminology yeah. to
0: use for what I was at the time.
1: Because here's the situation: <laughs> when you are an assistant, you go from like you know starting assistant and becoming a very good assistant. You know when you start to when you decide to okay, now I'm ready to be a stylist. But then you go to like. I'm a starting stylist, and you need to like go. It's up. almost like
0: you're doing lesser, like less important jobs. Let's call it than you did when you were a first assistant for a big yes, stylist. Yes, so for sure. It's for hard sure. because you think of the budget maybe your boss was doing, but it's oh, not the same job no. that you're doing when you're starting. Again.
1: <laughs> no. How crazy that yeah. is! So, so especially with me, because like the, the people that I worked with, like in the beginning, they had like the biggest, like you know, like catalog you know, doing a company for Cadillac, they have shit tons of money. Like, I never did Cadillac. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? So I didn't have that budget, yeah. (laughs) You know, but I didn't have that budget, yet. So, you know, but anyway, it it happens. Like, it doesn't mean anything because I know a lot of people, um, I have, like, uh, some ex-assistants that are now stylists and they work, um, let's say, like, uh, smaller jobs, but they work so much that they, you know, maybe make more money than me. I don't know, that happens too. It's all like uh, the area that you choose, your speciality. If yeah. you're good at this, you know, you're going to do it well. And you're going to, you know, uh, make um, money. Yeah, yeah you're going to be very uh, talented at that. That's so. interesting.
0: You see, guys, so even when you are assisting, right, you, I think that you think, oh, I'm, I don't want to be an assistant, I want to be a lead stylist, but sometimes, not only are you acquiring experience from that so much, but you're also sometimes making more money than the head stylist, yeah. depending yeah. on what you're doing, who you're working with, and how many jobs you get booked on, right? Because yeah. also it's important to explain, I think, here in New York is more common that like you get stylists on the job sometimes, right? Like you get one stylist, in a, one assistant mm-hmm. stylist, sorry guys, in a job, and then you get another one in another job, Ju, yeah. I know that like myself also has more permanent <laughs> assistance sometimes. Yeah. So it really depends what you want to do, but there's those two options. You can have that fixed salary almost with staying mm-hmm. full time in a team with a stylist, or you can even have multiple stylists you're learning from and assisting these different people at different points. And yeah. that's when I also think you make a lot of money
1: too. Yeah. I have one difficulty though, because like since I go since I travel that much Oof, and work in so many true. countries, it's hard for me to um with my team, like it's not the same as when I used to be more in New York only. When I
0: was with you, right?
1: Yeah, because I had a bigger team, mm-hmm. you know, and like everybody here was like working uh Full-time. frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like whereas now when I am in Brazil, the team here doesn't have that much to do. And say when I am in Milan or in Paris, like it's not God.
0: You it. know it's so hard. you've changed a little yes, bit that that's that's something
1: that I'm still, you know, like uh like figuring uh, out. Yes. Still, you know, like find uh like finding refining that yeah you know, too. absolutely
0: and i think it's important to to notice too like when i started with you you were getting big in new york already everything but now you're even bigger where you're literally working cross-country across continents you know and so i think it definitely makes a lot of sense that you have maybe some people that you know you can call in brazil yeah here in new york in europe when you're mm-hmm. there because i know you work a lot there today as yeah. well so, you know, it's, it's important that adaptation process, even for yeah. the stylist and with your growth, things need to change. So, yeah. so that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I want to get into a fun little question here. Mm. Uh, how do you deal with outrageous requests from a client or a magazine or like it's something you're like, oh, shoot, I've never done this before. This is not possible. How do you deal with that? Stay tuned for part two of this interview coming up next week at the MV Series. Let's start with some burning questions for you here. Okay. What was the craziest thing you mm. ever had to do to get a styling job done? You know, you probably don't do regularly, but you're like, whoa, like that was crazy.
1: I going to talk about one that did not get done. I Doing. wouldn't have had my heart ripped out of my chest. I was like for a week with the same clothes oh my god <laughs> I would like shower and put back the same clothes because every day I thought that I was okay now we're going now the we're going that, now we're going that, that wears the
0: same outfit
1: <laughs> and then when we realized that we wouldn't have we wouldn't have enough time to like do everything that we wanted to do I just put a bunch of hats. I saw and but that was my favorite part I had no idea this was improvised and I'm it like shocked that it was completely improvised it was a moment
0: that was like whoa like I was about to like write to you like what the hell just happened like the this TikTokers were iconic. going
1: crazy. The TikToks were going like, this is how you do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you go, Jew, and she like patting herself oh in the back. My
1: God.